Welcome to another week of Essien on TV with your hosts, Jonathan Deckel. And Dan Litwin. And the classic Coke to our cheap knockoff, Chad McDonald. Aw, thanks, guys. Do you really want to live in a world without classic Coke? I sure I, don't. I do not. I do not want to live in a world without Breaking Bad, but we're going to be there soon. Uh, speaking of, let's do this. Okay, so this week's episode opened with Walt and Mike and Jesse in the desert doing a, a deal with Declan, where Walter basically suggested that Declan fire his current cook and hire Walt instead because, you know, like you said, he is classic Coke. He's also Beyonce because he did a lot of Say My Name stuff. <laughs> and uh, Declan said yes. So with that, Walter secured Mike his $5 million, and Mike went on his way. Jesse tried to go on his way. Walter made it, of course, a little bit more difficult, but eventually, after a very long, manipulative pitch, Jesse, too, walked out. Um, but Mike, of course, realized it's not so easy to walk away from this life, as the DEA really started coming down hard on him. And um, in a really heartbreaking scene, Mike actually had to leave his granddaughter alone in the park and escape the police, which was so sad. <laughs> but... There's a ton of sad stuff in this episode, including the very final moment where Mike stupidly relied on Walter, Walter of all people, to bring him his escape bag, which was filled with money and guns and passports. And Walter did and was just about to let Mike leave. And spoiler then, alert, spoiler alert. Spoiler oh. alert, yes. In a fit of rage, Walter shot Mike and Mike died. And now we only have one more episode and we're all very sad. That, 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 that about rounds that it up. We, it are, up. we all very sad. Are yeah. you sad? very sad. Are you talking to me? I'm asking you. Yes, yeah. I, I'm very, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm torn. I'm upset. I'll say I'm upset. Maybe not sad. Obviously, it was, uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's when his back is finally up against the wall, Mike, that is, um, you kind of realize he had this coming. He did leave this, like, no matter how, how great of a grandfather he was and how he had this sort of uh you know kind heart um i i i think at the end seeing him kind of go the way he did it was upsetting but at the same time it, it was it was a long time coming i think yeah this show is nothing if not a show about how consequences will always catch up to someone so as much as we liked mike we know he had a not great life he did some not great things and there was probably no riding off into the sunset for him, even though I really, for a couple of seconds there, really thought that they were going to let it happen. There's a sunset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a sunset. One, one thing, yeah. That's true. Well, as, uh, as Walt said, if there is a hell, they're all going to it. So... Exactly. And, and, and relative to, to Heisenberg and Walt, you know, Mike was a saint. I, yeah. I, I think we can... Is that what you... I don't know, Mike's done some pretty shitty things. No, 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 but I mean, I mean the way that the last... This season has sort of unfolded. Uh, this season, he's a saint. Yes, the, literally the right. lesser of two evils. Right. I'm going to I'm gonna. And, sort of and no one that. would let him kill anyone. It's not that he didn't try. God That's knows true. he wanted to kill Lydia enough times. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and God knows Jen wanted him to kill Lydia enough times. Half measures, but... Mike. Half measures. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're breaking your own laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think that Jen's right. That they, this season especially, they've really set... Mike up as a moral center in comparison to Heisenberg, not obviously the best guy in the world, but just in comparison to what Walsh become, he has he had like standards and rules and wasn't just all about being a megalomaniacal weirdo. 
um, which is kind of what Walt is now. <laughs> He's an empire builder, please. <laughs> He's a butt-faced empire builder, yeah. <laughs> so here's the question that I think, I didn't really even realize this until I watched the ending a second time, was at the beginning I thought, okay, well, Walter just, you know, killed him because he was in a fit of rage and, and Mike called him out for his ego and he had no premeditated plan to do this. But then I thought, why did Walter steal his gun? Well, well, when, when, he, sure. when he picks up the car. When yeah, he picks like up the he, bag. The, the bag he from the car, yeah. He opened the bag, he took the gun out of the car. And then, um, and then you know, when, when Mike was in the car looking out of the bag right before Walter shot him, he, he looked at the holster and it was empty. And he's like, oh my God, he had that look of like, this is happening. And then it happened. Um, but yeah, if, if you can't really, you can't really just, pass it off as like oh his feelings were hurt and so he shot him in a fit of rage because there was that step of him taking the gun first that's true or or conversely if that was a an act of defense you know because he he knew sort of time was winding down with mike and you know again i, I don't want to come to walter's defense over this because that's you know i that's the last thing i want to do but <laughs> it's it's that whole idea of maybe he he knows the type of guy mike is and mike just wants out so it's sort of that he was he played it one step ahead and sort of took the gun out of mike's hands before before he could uh you know po possibly use it on walt right right yep uh what I found interesting was the insult to injury he threw down at the end there. He finds him. He's like, you know what? I just realized that I didn't even need to kill you. And he's like, well, fuck you. Excuse me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let me die, you asshole. Yeah. yeah. That's such a Walter White kind of like acting and then like the, the new Walter White where he doesn't premeditate or plan or think scientifically about anything. He just yeah. kind of, and he's just kind of like musing aloud. Oh, yeah, I could have gotten those names. Yeah. And, and, and you just think for a second there, you know, right when he, he walks down and finds him, you know, beside the ravine or, or yeah. river and you think oh he's he's he he realizes what what he's done he's and you, you think that there's going to be this yeah this this ultimate sort of connection between the two you know they, they can they can finally finally see eye to eye on on something and then walt with his classic non-apology apology, apology right. you know yeah, oh, sorry exactly. for shooting you mike i could have done this in easier way you know n nothing uh it, yeah just classic classic walt yeah do you think that if he hadn't shot him and Mike had realized that he had the gun, Mike would have gone after him? Yes. Probably. So you, so essentially you're just justifying his, his shooting Mike because Mike would have essentially, essentially Mike would have killed Walt. That, Let's I, not, don't know that, I don't know that Mike would have had to have killed Walt. I think Mike could have, I don't know, I think Mike could have intimidated Walt in a way that, you know, he could have gotten away and not killed anyone because it's Mike and Mike's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, I think it, given the opportunity, because he had the, the previous episode, right, he was about to, to kill Walt over the, uh, um, over, over the deal with Declan and because right, right. he, he wanted mm -hmm. his cut. Um, but, and Jesse persuaded him not to. So I think given the opportunity I, I, or another chance to kill Walt, I think he would have he taken that, that opportunity. And I, I guess Walt, Walt probably saw that and beat him to it. Mm. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I'm still not sure that Walt is really thinking clearly about any of these things or thinking those things through. I think he's just he's just Heisenberg now. Yeah. yeah. Say his name, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. That was such a creep. That was such a weird speech. Like I almost felt it was bordering on goofy. Like it was so over the top. Yeah. You're goddamn right, it's Heisenberg. Like it was just so ridiculous. Which I guess is 
kind of the point. Like, he is spewing these, what he thinks are, like, these really cool movie hero lines, and it just sounds ridiculous to anyone else. And, and I must say, you know, for a name of a drug lord, Heisenberg, it's much cooler than Declan, <laughs> I, I, I think. Also, I think he's kind of, he's, he's rocking, I guess the show is kind of rocking, if you will, uh, this kind of, like, hip-hop... Uh, kind of parallels you know what I mean the way that, that Jesse speaks and the way and, yep. and this is like such a perfect line from like that 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 a, that a hip-hop album would use you know what mm -hmm. I mean yeah say my sure. name Heisenberg yeah you're damn right yeah, and then exactly. you know a beat would kick in at that point That's presumably right. a hook by yep. Akon perhaps <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <or> really. <laughs> yes so, so what did you guys think of um it was very brief but the Jesse Schuyler interactions this time around I thought it was vaguely, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but like a vague sexual tension. Whoa. Can I say that? Whoa. Wow. Maybe, maybe I'm off base. Big twist. Yeah. Huge twist. <laughs> oh my God, could you imagine that's so weird? I don't know, because I... Kids <laughs> rocking some mad shipping right here. I love it. I love it. Like, I, I, I just feel like, I don't know, I, I think it's mostly because of the vibe that Skylar's giving off. Like, she's just very... She just wants to have sex with someone that isn't Walt. Maybe, no, <laughs> maybe, Jesse, maybe that's it. Maybe. Just like it's gave it the cold stare of like, yeah, exactly. that's right. Exactly, it's a lot of pent up. Pent up. Because <laughs> she, she does seem like that, you know, she's a, a money laundering criminal now. But there's that, just uh, the, stemming back from the from the dinner, that the, the awkward dinner that they all had together. Right, right, right. And... I don't know. I, I just got this idea because you know she's drinking the wine and it's very. I don't know. She's she's got the she's got those those eyes. So in your yeah. mind, Walt leaves, gets gets a new identity. Jesse and Sky hook it up. Walt <laughs> yeah. comes to kill to kill Jesse. Skylar shoots Walt. End of series. Oh my! Everybody God. dies. You just blew my mind. That's. I did feel like in those scenes there was kind of, I, I thought there was a connection. I didn't think it was a sexual connection, but I like the way Dan's going with this. <laughs> but uh, I did feel just like... just like imagining Aaron Paul naked. It's cool. I know. No, I know. Anything that gets Aaron Paul naked, I am down with that. <laughs> but uh, I did feel like Jesse was kind of looking at her like, I don't know, and just kind of recognizing in her what he's becoming to Walt, right? Like it was very much like, a, oh my God, if this is the way this guy now treats his wife, how is he going to eventually end up treating me? Um, and I... And I just, there was a lot of lingering looks um, with between Jesse and Skyler, and it made me think that maybe they team up together. Like I, I don't know if this would ever happen, but imagine if it was like Skyler, Jesse, Hank up against you know Lydia, Walter, and Todd. Yeah, I mean that's. But can you can you really see Hank and Jesse? I don't up. know, and that's the thing. That would, but that, wouldn't that be like mind-blowingly awesome? These two people who hate each other, like the hatred that Hank has for Jesse, is just so huge that we've seen season after season. But once he finds out that his brother-in-law is Heisenberg, which is clearly going to happen, maybe even next week, um, I think that that's going to shift all the alliances. So. And, and obviously, he's going to get fired. I think we can all agree that the, that his time on the yeah. force is. It's yes, coming yeah. to an end. It's coming, yeah. coming to an end. Yeah, he, Although there was that, and I'm not sure if this was just Breaking Bad doing its weird, look how cool and gimmicky are we, we are with our camera tricks. Um, but that scene in Hank's office when after Walt removed the bug, there was that like that camera angle that looked like it was being shot like from a surveillance video, which I wondered if that was 
actually trying to tease something that maybe Walter was caught on tape. Maybe maybe Hank's going to, you know, maybe that's how Hank figures it out. Mm, it's interesting. interesting, yeah. Or it could just be, I mean, Breaking Bandit Bad is so into that hole. Like, even the, the lawyer with the safety deposit boxes. That was the, awesome. It was a yeah, point of view. so good. See, it was good, but I always feel like those kind of shots take me so out of the episode. Really? I love like, that stuff. That's like know. a nice little break between all the tension. You have this like nice jazz music come in. Yeah. Maybe, and he's, maybe, he's doing yeah. these cool little like, I'm just going to throw money in things. Yeah. You know, like that's my yeah. jazz singing Oh, yeah. That's how, is that how? Pretty sure. Good yeah, jazz song right there. <laughs> yeah. Or, you didn't uh, see my hands. They were very jazzy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jazz hands I, I was picturing jazz hands as you were singing it. So it was exactly. great. Uh, how, how did we feel about the, uh, the cook scene with Todd? Oh, Todd. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm a huge Todd fan. I'm in. I'm fully in on Todd. Really? I love it. For maybe it's just a, la- a lingering it's Landry. A Landry. You're a Landry fan. But... I'm in on Todd, too, but I felt like, first of all, he's taking notes. Like, has Walter not learned anything from Gail's lab notebook that maybe having someone take notes is not a great idea? And no, just, he just likes being a teacher again. You see, you just that, need to apply yourself. Exactly. Yeah, you know, he, he failed on the dad front with Jesse. You know, he's like, I yeah. think you've earned this. Yeah. You've earned this. He's like, eh, I'm still it. See you yeah, later. And, yeah, and I mean, I, I like these these brief glimpses that we see of the of the old Walt. Um, yeah. Of the sometimes we, we we see the the father Walt, but also the the teacher Walt, and That's true. Um, yeah, just the and how pleased he was at the end when Todd was really applying himself and he didn't do the greatest. Right. But that, when, when Todd says, you know, we can forget about the money for now, I just want to get this Which is so down. scary. How is that not red flag? Like, this guy doesn't even want to be paid to do this. Like, what is this guy's end game? This he, guy just, hasn't... he just wants to be involved. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. You, I think think he's a, you think he's a plant? No, I don't. I mean, there was that whole, like, oh. He, is he this... did kill the kid. He did kill the kid, so I don't think he's got any DEA connections. I just think that this guy has his own agenda that we don't know what it is yet. Like, maybe he wants to, I mean, we know that learning Walter's cook is the only thing. That's the only thing that Walter has to give these guys, and he's teaching it to someone else that he doesn't even know enough to trust. Like, what is that, What is Todd going to do with that information? Like, he could off Walter and take over or whatever. I don't know. My mind, my mind is going crazy with the possibilities, <laughs> maybe, but maybe. I don't think that he should be trusting Todd just yet. He could very well be uh, another estranged cousin of Tuco. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole it's cartel true. thing that, I mean, I don't think he's a plant from authorities, but there's that whole cartel thing that just kind of really magically went away. Um, and he has kind of done the steps that you would need to do to kind of win someone's way. You, you know, the first thing he did was he identified himself as, as like, on their side. He caught the yep. nanny cam. Who even knows if there really was a nanny cam? Exactly. And, there was, uh, and, and, there then, was and then he kind of proves them that, that he's not a, like he's not a goody good by shooting the kid. Exactly. You know, he's done all the steps of the Donnie Brasco style steps to yeah. infiltrate the mob, right? So. And there was that 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 kind of offhand remark that he has uncles in prison. Like this, I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's. I, I hope that there's more to Todd than what we're seeing because otherwise, you know kind of a really lame character and I love Landry and I want him to be some kind of evil criminal mastermind but uh, we'll see I just don't trust the kid yet it's always the dumbest looking guys that end up being the smartest cr- criminals in it's the true. You know, they, they do the, the face shift and they're like okay. oh I gotcha yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if you saw but Anna Gunn mentioned that, that she thinks that, that Skylar's going to take take or could take uh, Walt down 
Yeah, but Dean Norris also like, said he thinks Hank's going to take Walt. I think everyone is kind of gunning. I'm sure Aaron Paul wishes he's the one taking um, Walter Dan. I think every actor is kind of gunning for that that role. So you st- you still think it's fair game? I think yeah. I think it's I think it's those three. It has to be those three. I I'm still not convinced that Walter's going to die at the end. I almost think it's too easy. So you think I, everyone else, but well, everyone dies, but Walter. Walter. Yeah. In, in classic Breaking Bad fashion, we are not given. We are not Any given res- the one cathartic death that we want. Yeah, exactly. His room, like, however, and I don't even know, I don't even know at this point if his entire family dying would be enough to break him, because he doesn't really seem to give a crap about his family no, dying. No, not one Walter Jr. mentioned. There was no, no food Holly. this episode. Yeah. Yeah, hey, you, you realize that your baby is with someone else right now, right? <laughs> like, yeah, so what, I don't know what it would be to completely devastate Walter, but I feel like maybe that's the way that they'd go. The less obvious, you know, he doesn't die, but he has to live out misery knowing in misery knowing that he's destroyed everything he's ever cared about. I guess Who knows? Or he could is, just die. has to be the only way that it can really end, unless it end-ends, you know, in the sense yeah. that everybody dies. But there isn't going to be a Breaking Bad movie. Here's something that we know for sure. This, this series is one of the few that I think would be an absolutely horrible film, because yeah. the film... Yeah is the series like this absolutely so there has to be some sort of like end i mean yeah and looking at the the big picture of of all five seasons when it's all said and done with if walter gets killed in the end you know you see you have this just tremendous character arc over five seasons of starting off with a man who's who's been given whose life has been sort of given a uh 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 he gets cancer, and he's been given an expiry date, right. essentially, yeah, or more, more or less. He, right, right. So, so this kind of kicks him into gear to try and provide for his family, and he goes through all these steps in transforming into this this evil, evil guy who's now the antagonist of the show. Yeah. And to see him die at the end, not of cancer, uh, as as we know it, or as we initially knew it at the beginning of the series, but as the cancer of that that is Heisenberg, right. you know. It's yeah. it's the comeuppance the comeuppance that he'll receive, whether it's at the hands of Skyler or Jesse or Hank or whoever. That that is the cancer that ultimately kills him. It, just like yeah. what uh, what Skyler sort of alluded to a couple episodes back, she's waiting for the cancer to right. return. And I, and I think it, if that happened, that would be that that is a nice. You feel little... like he kills everybody, and then at the end, like a doctor calls with yeah, he's exactly. got like blood all over him. He's like, "You've got your cancer's back." Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, remission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there was a really actually, I think it was under Entertainment Weekly this week. I forget where, but it was a it was a good comment about how you know Vince Gilligan is actually doing a pretty brave thing by taking what was probably one of the richest, most complex characters and making him very one note, like on purpose. Like he's you know Walter White isn't really that complex anymore. He's just evil. But I actually I I kind of want to see where that goes because I I agree with that, but I'm not sure that that's necessarily a great thing for for this show so and i think that's one of the biggest criticisms that this show has gotten this season is is unlike last season which had so many colorful characters and you got really into if not so much the plot but at least at least the character building aspect of it this season is is really it is an action film essentially more or less uh and he's essentially turning into the scarface character that was that was promised essentially he's there is no more mr chips but as we all know, at the end of Scarface, he goes down in a blaze of glory. Right, and and he's like deranged and out of touch and paranoid, and but he also doesn't have to say cool lines. So at least True. he's got that. And and it's he and he uses a uh, a machine gun, not unlike the one that Walt buys 
at the, doesn't it, it's like yeah, a rocket launcher. A, oh, yeah. I thought it was a shotgun. Is it a machine gun? It's like. I think it, it's a shotgun. I don't, I can't It was because it, it like exploded the door or whatever, right? Or no, at the beginning of, uh, or we're talking about Breaking Bad. Not Scarface. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm, I'm talking Scarface. about the end of Scarface. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah, he yeah. has like that that's giant right. machine yeah, gun. Well, it, is, it is his old friend. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you have Walt buying this gun that's, you know, it's, it's similar in, in look to this. Yeah. The, the Scarface references are, are not so subtle in right. the show. But it's that, that whole idea of, again, going, going down in that place of glory. Right. It's also interesting, though, that, that, that we're, we're, we're witnessing the, the, the kind of evolution of the Scarface character, whereas in the, in the film that goes by in, let's say, 30 minutes, of mm-hmm. maybe, maybe even less. It's a montage. Yeah, it's, it's a montage. montage. To, to some 80s song. Uh, yeah. Push it to the limit, I believe, was the, <laughs> right. was the montage. In this one, we're, we're dragging it out. So we really do get to experience the the one dimension of the, the the dimensions going back drop, towards yeah. his character, and and he's really we're really feeling the the agony of of his being, I suppose, yeah. as a character. Uh, but does that intrigue you? I mean, are you is it is it something that like you want to see happen, or do you feel like next season he's gonna he's gonna bloom back into a I, I think from a from a TV writing standpoint, I, I, I don't think anything like this has been done on on traditional television before. So I, I'm interested in that sense because the, the the standard arc has been, you know, again going from a seemingly one-dimensional character, and then you learn so much more. Right. And well, like you said, the Sopranos did a little bit. Tony Soprano was kind of they, they they stretched him to the limit of like how. How That's bad true. can we do this? How can we make this character? I think the I think the creator said that. How bad can we make this character before the audience is like enough? Exactly. And, yeah. it, and it turns out that the audience can actually take quite a bit of it. I, from what I remember, uh, they were actually surprised at how 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 much people liked Tony the more evil he became. Then, yeah. But, but I don't feel like. Do you feel like anyone's still liking Walter? I don't like. I think that we're liking how evil he's become, but not not in any way liking that character or sympathetic to him in any way. It's just kind of like really fascinating to watch right well tony was was always a bad man i mean he was a, he, yeah. was, a, he was a gangster so, yeah. right so he started like, off that way yeah. yeah exactly so it's not really a shock whereas this guy started off you know walt started off as a as a chemistry teacher yeah, yeah. so you so, you feel like you'll feel like like oh uh, like yeah. this we really had faith in this character and now he's just you know down the tubes which which in itself it, i think has been a very sort of amazing thing to do over the course of five seasons to kind of do a complete turn on a character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think going going farther than, than The Sopranos went uh, in that we were expecting and waiting for Walt's death and we, and we could really care less about it. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I, I certainly don't want... I certainly don't want him to die with any sort of redemption or get any sort of redemption by the end of the series, but I would like him to have a little more self-awareness. For sure. Like, I, I hope he gets to a point where he realizes exactly what Mike said. It was his ego, everything that's gone wrong, everything that's gone wrong about like all the things that they've done, it's really pegged on him. And he has to kind of realize that, which he hasn't really done yet. So going forward, next week is the uh, the break, the year-long break that we're about to experience. Sigh. Sigh. Although, uh, frankly, I need the break from the stress because I get way too amped up on Sunday nights after this show. Uh, I believe you you uh, you yell at the television. According I scream to your, at my uh, TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not healthy. It's true. Plus, we're you know we're heading into TIFF. It's nice of them to yes. to cut that off before. Uh... Very considerate of them <laughs> to cut that off right before we go into a week of TIFF. <laughs> two weeks, Jen. Two weeks. Uh, <laughs> um, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that the flash forward 
will be revealed this week, or do you feel that that's the end of the series, Flash Forward? I have no idea. That's a good question, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could go, you know, when the when this season opened, that's the last thing you expected to see. Like, right. that was, I, I, I think, I don't know, you, you can't really make, uh, make any predictions as to how stuff will be revealed, because, yeah. you know, obviously the show uh, marches to its own beat, and... I, I, I think there, there could be a tease about it, maybe, but I don't know who, who's to say. Right. But I think we can all agree that Hank's going to find out. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that we were all putting money that, that Hank, that there's going to be some huge cliffhanger, and For that's sure. the one that kind of makes the most sense. Or, I mean, the other thing that we should remember is that Mike, or Walt has now done one more thing that Jesse is going to kill him for if he ever finds out. So we now have Brock, we now have Jane, and now we have killing Mike. Like, there's no way Walt can tell Jesse that he killed Mike without some serious retribution. So sure. you know that secret's going to come out someday. So mm-hmm. maybe that's the cliffhanger. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to wait another week and find out, and then hopefully we can run into Brian Cranston and Tiff and punch him. <laughs> I'm going to Aaron Paul's movie, so I'm going to do some serious stalking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll, uh, well, we'll talk before, but I'll definitely see you there as well. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thanks, Jen. See ya. Bye. Bye. While Breaking Bad was good, the newsroom left some of us feeling a little high and dry. Yes. That's my segue, and I'm going to stick with it. Uh, I think that, that yeah, that sums up, sums up the show quite well. And, and also, they, they were on the same night. There's a whole Sunday night is a strong night for television, perhaps during the summer the only night for television. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's interesting to see these shows back-to-back if, if, if one is watching on, on Sunday night right. and has a PBR. Uh, what were your thoughts on the newsroom, Dan? Well, you've, this seen, is, you've seen all of them. You've seen all I have seen all 10 hours of them. <laughs> I think it's the best way to describe it, 10 hours of this show. <laughs> and, and obviously it breezed by. It just, uh, no, it just, like... uh, yeah, those, yeah. Um, I, I really consider... If we're talking about Breaking Bad versus the newsroom, it's it's it really is sort of the the yin and the yang of of Sunday nights or or has been for for this summer because I I much like a lot of other people had high hopes for this television show going into it. You know, you have the the uh, the wit of Aaron Sorkin, the Jeff Danielsness of Jeff Daniels. <laughs> he's really good at the Jeff. Daniels. He's, he's really he good. He's really it. good. Um, and you know, and so, some some good casting um, for for co-stars. I don't know, and just the 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 subject of the show itself, twenty four hour news. Let's see how Sorkin kind of tackles this. And you know, in the in the confines of HBO, which is you know you're you're allowed there, there's that freedom of you know you can sort of you can cover a lot, and sort of week after week, it just I, I didn't want to say it, it ever really fell flat. It just it. It really didn't strike any chords with me. Yet I continue watching. So I, I, I don't know if, if, if this is uh, uh, emblematic of, of some deeper issues I have to deal with with my television <laughs> viewing habits. But after, after the finale, which was 
better than a lot of the the other episodes that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm still left sort of. I I might watch it when it comes back. I'm not sure. It didn't really leave me with any sort of hankering for. I, I need it's right. it's obviously not like a, bre- yeah. a Breaking Bad esque show where it's like I need more. It's a it's a very slow burn, uh, and. Yeah, it, it left me lukewarm. It's true. Uh, there's also a lot of parallels between the two shows. They feature strong male leads who, mm-hmm. whose ego uh, drives, sure. at least at this point with, with Walt, mm-hmm. whose ego drives their their ambition. For sure. You know what I mean? Uh, and and who, well, although we may not have seen the previous incarnation of Will McAvoy, uh, both were going one, one way until something set them off and they both broke. Mm-hmm. No, bad is a relative term in in either or. What was the, what was the, the greater? What was this episode called the, uh, or the, the greater the title fool? Of their, yeah, the, the, great, the greater, greater fool. fool now. Yeah. Um, the difference between the two characters and and essentially the two shows is that one is here to prove a point, while the other is 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 to make a point. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Breaking Bad is making a point about about how we understand what makes us. Good and evil, and how and and how those intentions are made. Now that they, you know, whether they succeed or or not is is all you know almost inconsequential at this point in season five. Uh, it's more about how invested we are in the characters and how cool mm-hmm. shots they can do. Right. But uh, as a rookie show, uh, the the newsroom, I would say failed as as far as as far as making care the both both the main character and the and the the supporting cast worthy of watching. What made that show interesting, and I, and I can only speak for myself and, and perhaps for you, is, is the other stuff. The mm-hmm. fact that the, how, how news gets reported right. is still somewhat interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, at a certain point this season, watching the newsroom became almost uh, the equivalent of, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, um, you know, it's like it's a hate watching. Yes. I mean, you know what I mean? There like, you go. like you watch it to. Uh, that was my way of avoiding swearing, yes. which I've seen on this podcast. <laughs> once. Is, yeah. Uh, um, it, it, you watch it because because it's fun to hate it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like the characters are so badly written. Mm-hmm. Sorkin, while I'm a huge fan of Sorkin, I do own a copy of uh, several of his scripts. Uh, I, he just can't write human interaction in a way that seems believable, right. especially in such a short. You know, span you know ten episodes mm-hmm. where with an ensemble with a huge ensemble cast of many talented actors, all trying to play these like kind of really incredibly earnest people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? To a point where I almost don't believe that they're that or like like anyone can really be that earnest. Yeah. And also that one dimensional. Like it just it bleeds words on a page rather than rather than real human interaction. Which absolutely. Which this is kind of. You know, betting on it's betting on your belief that you care about Jim and Maggie and uh, Don mm-hmm. and their weird triangle, which came to an extremely weird head this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also a couple of shout outs to HBO that they threw down there. Yeah, it's nice. like, please, please renew us. We'll, we'll, we'll big yeah. up hey, Sex in the City. Hey, everyone, Sex in the City? Remember that show? <laughs> that show? That's a big success. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, and, and, but almost tried to set itself up as the anti Sex in the City until Jim pops up. Yeah, because there's only one Sex in the City tour that runs through, right. and, it, and it magically just appeared. To be there, of course, you know it just it it it's it so played to the idea of the show, which is like this is not this is aspirational. This mm-hmm. is how in a perfect world these things would happen. Do you know what I right. mean? You know, in a perfect world, when you when you yell at a bus 
as one does when they're frustrated about because their boyfriend isn't willing to commit, that you're willing, so frustrated in fact that you're willing to, to make out with a guy and say that you fell for him, fell in love with him, I believe, I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. her wording. And then he shows up, you kiss him, and he's like, oh, well, but he was going to, you know, and, and like, who answers, okay, this is really, here we go. Yeah, who answers a question with like, would you be here if Dawn committed? Like, your boyfriend, while you're kissing, while you're holding her hand, and yeah. she's like, instead of being placating the person who's like, literally put their job on the line essentially for you. Yeah. She's like, well, if if he done something, then like, you know, you and I would like, like that's so mechanical. That's so. Yeah. Here is the logic in in thinking here, rather than like dealing with emotions, which evidently Sorkin doesn't have any. Yeah. No, and and I think that that element or that 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 shortfall is is really is especially ant- amplified because this show is based in a supposed reality a reality of and a, and one a, or two a, a years recent, ago yeah, yeah recent, of, so you, they have the dates on the screen and you're like okay this is what's going on in the news so it is rooted in some in some alternate reality so you almost expect with the news at the reporting as real as that was you you sort of hope that there's going to be a similar realism to the to the interactions of the characters mm-hmm. and Ten episodes in, or ten episodes altogether until next season. It's I, I really did not care about about the the Jim and Maggie stuff, about uh, Will and uh, em, uh, Emily Mortimer. I don't know her name. Mac. Uh, Mac. Yes, that's uh, Will and Mac. Uh, and like like I don't that that's that those underpinnings of, of those supporting characters usually usually are, are what sort of carry carry a show um, right. under sort of the, the 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 bigger message of in this case 24-hour news and that and that whole world and it just wasn't there and you know you watch every week and it's just like I really don't care you know and maybe it's it's one of those things where the you have Jim and Maggie it's that it's that uh, Jim and Pam it's an office you have the yeah, office yeah. romance maybe it's been done too many times I mean maybe you, you you always expect something and it's it, it, it never really seemed the drama that was written did not really did not kind of come through. Right and to that point, I think I think one of her one of his characters summed it up best. Uh, uh, what's her name? Sloane Sloane Savage. Mm-hmm. When she was talking to Dawn, and she was like, "Some somewhere along the line, somebody told you how things were supposed to be, and you were just trying to fit into that world." Mm-hmm. That's essentially what these say. Like all these characters fit into the television archetype, like. To me, Sorkin looks at how a television sh- human interaction works in a television show and puts those layers there. But it's like um, I'm trying to remember the word for it. You know, there's certain uh, um, conditions where mm-hmm. people can draw pieces of a house but can't put the house all together. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. extremely detailed, but it's just like they're not able to see the full the full right. picture of the house. And that, to me, is how is the opposite of how Sorkin sees it. He sees he sees things. And he's like, well, this is how these are supposed to work. But I don't know these people because I don't run in these circles. Right. Or maybe he does, and he's just not very observant. Mm. Uh, but so here's how I'm going to put them. Like I'm going to create a you know an, an underlying theme here. I'm going to under- mm-hmm. create an underlying love of love kind of like you know uh, relationship here between Sloane Sabbath and Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, no way. And I'm you know this might be misogynistic. No way that woman is waiting for Dawn. That's I'm yeah, sorry. That's, a, I am that's sorry. very strange. Yeah. Uh, you know, like so, he puts all these things there that, in theory, would make sense. Like the, there is the Jim and Pam situation, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the Ross and Rachel, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but there, that doesn't really work. Like those mm-hmm. those two people don't don't work. And, right. And and there is the Sloan and Dawn thing, but that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And even Dawn and Maggie, their relationship doesn't work. I just don't, I, these people do not exist. 
And yeah. and never mind Will and uh, Max. Whatever weird. that is, yeah. That all being said, I thought the last episode was fantastic. I thought it was well done. I thought it was well done. And I almost kind of like... Maybe it was just because I was so like like I was reading a bunch of tweets about the RNC when I watched mm-hmm. it. I watched it yesterday, right? Uh, and, and 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 like I was just getting so angry right. about the, about like how how the states is turning into this kind of idiocracy, right? Uh, for lack of a better term, and for a huge huge and, yeah. pop pop culture reference for yeah. you know shout out Mike Judge. Uh, but <laughs> well, that was a Luke Wilson shout out myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? Like, like it's so I watch the show and I'm like, yes, this is. This is what people need to know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it should be highlighted. Now, whether Republicans would ever watch the newsroom, I don't know. Right. In the same way that, like, would it, Republicans ever watch Jon Stewart? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, so, like you're preaching to the choir. Right. That being said, it, I, I, you know, being a choir member, I did quite enjoy it. It, it was hearing, good. Hearing all that stuff, and, and, and I love the, like, the, the fact that he threw Jesus in there. Like, mm-hmm. that to me is... Is, is engaging at For least sure. at least on an on an intellectual level, and what I would have liked to have seen more of. In the same way that that you know, um, uh, the West Wing engaged in 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 topics that were parallel and mm-hmm. interesting, and still relevant uh, to to and and better some right. would say than than whatever President Clinton I believe at the time mm-hmm. uh, was doing. And, and and that's stuff that we can connect to, right? right? And that's and I think that's what that's what's brought me back time and time again to watching the show it's like again i could i i could care le- couldn't care less about the the supporting characters and their romantic romantic uh problems it, it's more about how does how is this this 24-hour news world um portrayed in the show and how do they deal with these stories that, that are big and i i think overall like you're, you're talking talking earlier sorkin is enabled to to write characters because he's write about these certain characters because he doesn't run in those circles. It's like this show was written by Will McAvoy. Right. You know, like this whole show, like it's from his perspective. So we, we get these these glimpses of these characters that are are very, you know, like you said, mechanical and one-dimensional in a sense. And it, it's almost as if like this is what, if, you know, Will McAvoy was told to piece together sort of what's going on in his newsroom, like what, like how how he would portray these characters, that's kind of, that's kind of the the position that Sorkin has has taken with this. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not obviously not written from any sort of experience, except for the you know there's that news story that came out uh, a couple weeks ago that the uh, uh, Sorkin had dated a uh, a Nina Gordon uh, type character. Nina Gordon was the TMI right, uh, right, editor, right, like yeah, the tabloid yeah. editor. So uh, apparently these emails were released, the real Nina Gordon, uh, air quotes there, um, sort of came out and released these emails that, because I guess she had dated Sorkin uh, while he was... He was, he was r- trying to educate her? What was, what, what uh, yeah, I, I, always, I always forget. Uh, educate <laughs> or... Uh, I forget the, the word that... the, the key word. But, um, yeah. Um, but he was dating her when he was writing writing the, the series. So this is probably a year and a half ago right. or so. So he... Uh, so these emails came out. So. And and I felt that that connection, like when Will has that encounter at the at the bar with with Nina, and the the way that they tied it in with the whole uh, News Corp, News of the World stuff, I thought was was interesting because yeah. again, it's yeah. it's Relevant, rooted yeah. in in some in some realism. Um, but I thought that that interaction when when Will is sort of pontificating about you know real news versus trash news of of, of TMI and tabloids, I thought that was great. And it turns out that that was from a. Uh, Vaguely real experience that uh, Sorkin had as being the the uh, 
the Will McAvoy character and you know and and, and trying to culturalize or or, right. or whatever the whatever the term was. Um, civilized. Civilized. Maybe it's civilized. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, we'll Google it. Um, we'll Google it. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I thought that was great and yeah, it's. It's one of those shows where it's like I'm I'm interested because it's it's relevant in in only a uh, in a way only a uh, a news show could be you know and that's that's what keeps me coming back and I don't know what they're gonna do with these sort of very flimsy relationship storylines and you know just give me more Sam Waterston like I you, think that like, I like Sam. No, he. No, I don't Maybe know. it's the bow tie. I like Maybe. the bow tie. It's, yeah, it, I just don't think he's actually drank a drink his entire life. Because no, you, you didn't buy because, it. I, just, I don't know. He just doesn't seem to be having fun. That's at least compared to like Law and Order, when he was really like. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was in his in his, he element, was in his element there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's essentially playing a Sam Waterston in car- like right. caricature, I guess. With a bow tie. With a bow tie. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's probably how Sorkin initially pitched the show to HBO. It's like, I have no idea what the show's going to be about, but I can guarantee Sam Washington will be in a bow tie. Ten episodes. Ten yeah, episode order. We'll, we'll, re- we'll renew you after the, the first two episodes. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, supposedly he didn't. Uh, there was rumors that he, he had revamped his entire writing staff. Friends of, yeah. Uh, but he, is, he has not done that, supposedly. So. Oh, is that right? Who knows? That's what he, he, you know, he came to the CCAs recently. And yeah. When they whatever they were two weeks ago, and uh, and said you know he didn't even pull in me a Mia he's just like just take your best shot. That's it. He just sat down. He was like you know give me all you got and I will give you the exact same answer I've given everybody always. You know and right. that's kind of how he played it. Unlike Michael Patrick King who who ended up looking like a gigantic misogynist in, in yeah. the last year. Uh, I mean the issue is with the newsroom. I think what killed it for a lot of people. Uh, it being the only word I could think of at the time. What, ki- what killed the show originally was the idea that there is an amazing cast with an amazing cast, going back mm-hmm. to what you said at the beginning, and, and, and they, just, they, they just never came even close to the mm-hmm. hype that they had probably. It's not like girls were like the first episode was kind of interesting, but you knew that it was like, mm-hmm. it was for a certain type of person. Right. Like this was, it came out, it was like incredibly preachy, incredibly like, un- like unrealistic, mm-hmm. almost unbearably unrealistic, yeah. uh, and coincidental. Uh, going down to, and it, which continued later on when uh, Maggie happened to go to school with Casey Anthony. Exactly, yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's New York, so everybody, everybody a, went to school works, with yeah. somebody, you know. Uh, everybody has their 15 minutes. But despite all that, I, I, I feel like if you went into it with just kind of like this is a new show about news, mm-hmm. people would have faith in it because it, it has moments. Right. It has moments where it's interesting. Now, the question is, can can Sorkin, much like Will McAvoy, as you, as you point out, can Sorkin's ego handle letting go a little bit to make the show better rather than, right? you know what I mean? Can he work with others? Can he play nice with <laughs> yeah, others? That's right. Which yeah. Will can't. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, the, the, who's to say? Because I, I, I think a lot of the backlash, I'm sure kind of knowing the, the type of person Sorkin is, he sees that as a challenge, you right. know. And he's like, "No, I'm going to. I will prove. I will to understand you. human relationships." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, well, I just yeah. realized he's dating uh, one of the chicks from <laughs> Sex in the City. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's dating uh, Charlotte. 
Uh, what Christian, whatever uh, Christian. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. So maybe think, that's the... Maybe that's the... Makes it a little, little relevant there. there. Sorry, go back <laughs> Sorry, to what yeah. you were saying. It just occurred to me. Yeah, there you go. You were talking about Sorkin and TMI Sorry, and yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and, and, and I think, I don't know, it's, it's one of those shows where as long as there's news, it's going to be interesting to watch. Like, the, the show could run for 10 seasons, and I will just watch it for... I, how, how does... I don't know, and, and maybe it's that whole idea. Like I, I am especially interested in, like you were saying, the the with the RNC this week and the whole Tea Party thing and what's becoming the Republican Party and all that stuff. It's interesting, and the commentary of that alone is 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 thought provoking and it, and it generates buzz and conversation and and that entertains me. And then this was, you know, it's a this was a Sunday. You know, I also PVR'd it, so I, like I wouldn't watch it on the Sunday nights, but. That this was, you know, Sundays in a summer. It's it was my secondary sort of. I'm, I'm not really watching anything else right now other than Breaking Bad. Right. So it's like, why not? Like it's, I'm I'm not really, you know, watching anything else right now. And it, it's kind of a nice sort of. I don't know. It, it it's it was a nice accent to right, right. to like I said the the yin and the yang of like Breaking Bad is so just so high tension and it, it's really engrossing. It's and better than True Blood too, which is which helps. There you out. go. There you I go. Mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that shows you can't get much worse. Yeah, yeah, that's gone downhill. Uh, well, I look forward to next season where we find out how the news is done right now. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, so you'll watch it then next season. We'll see.